On today's podcast, you are going to learn how focusing on your personal health impacts your company's health, and then it's going to impact your employee's health, and we have to be intentional about that. You're going to learn all of that today on the next Unity Talks podcast. Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back to another edition of the Unity Talks podcast. And I am thrilled today because I have someone with us. Our guest is, I would say he's more of a friend, but he's also a CFO. He's been a client. He's been a candidate. But more importantly to me, he's a friend. And Ignacio Jaimez, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to hear me call him Nacho this whole time, and when you are from Mexico, Nacho is the given nickname. That's just what you you do with people whose first name is Ignacio. Absolutely. Nothing to do with the food. So All right. It's okay. All right. I'm glad we established that. No, I'm super, super happy to have you here. Um, so before we jump in too much, I just I want you to introduce, uh, you're the CFO of Track Street. You've been there since January. So why don't you give us a quick little commercial and tell our audience what TrackStreet is and does. So TrackStreet, we are a frictionless commerce platform that empowers companies to remove the obstacles that prevent the end customer to find the right product from the right channel at the right price uh, online or off. Who, so who is your typical customer? Would, would I be a customer? Would it be a business? Now, are like big companies, you know, the okay. big logos companies that really, you know, care about their brand reputation. Okay. Uh, we provide information that allows them to regain control of the brands. Okay. Okay. So headquarter location? Is in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Very nice. But we are all over the place. We have uh, colleagues from, I think, 22 countries. Very nice. Very so nice. So it's, uh, it's an interesting place. Yeah. Now, do y'all have, is it uh, an online platform through a website? Do y'all have an interface through a mobile device? Okay. Yeah. You, you log into a computer, you know, okay. when we sell the platform and, and you start, you know, seeing the magic that our, you know, product provides. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. All right. So here's what we're going to jump into now, because um, this is my favorite part. Yesterday, you and I were having a conversation and you were like, I don't know why anybody would ever want to come listen to me or, or hear me on the podcast because it's not like I have a remarkable background. You know, it's, it's relatively boring. And I'm going to give you my response to that comment. Um, and after I give you my response, I'm going, to, I'm going to pause on boring for a second. So here's my response. You do have a remarkable background. So you're from Mexicali. Um, you speak Spanish primarily. Now you spoke English. You speak English as a second language. Um, you you started your career and it was 16 years in manufacturing, 13 years at one company, and you held just about every single position at PACAR, uh, uh, Peterbilt Motors Company. And so you came to the US and then somehow you went from manufacturing to software as a service industry, which if manufacturing is on the far right end of the spectrum, in my eyes, in very novice eyes, software as a service is the far left end of the spectrum. And somehow someone gave you a shot and you made that leap. And here you are fast forward 
five, six years of being in the industry and you're the CFO of Track Street. So I would argue that is not boring. I would argue that that is remarkable, um, which opposes what you mentioned to me yesterday. And on the boring comment, I say this all the time to our team. Success is not sexy. You know, success takes someone who is a grinder, someone who is willing to put in hours to achieve what they want to achieve. And Nacho, you, my friend, you are a grinder. Um, you've been that for your whole career. You are constantly learning. You know, when we talked yesterday, you said, um, I am learning more now than I have in a long time. And so I, I, would, I would ask you, where did the grinder come from? Is that innate? Is that from parents? Like, where do you? Where does that come from in you? It is as a result of uh, trying to trying to find success through work. You know, coming from a humble family, and I want to get out of the hole. You know, I wanted a better lifestyle for me, for my family, and you know, I didn't do anything of the things that you do in Mexico. To get away and for me it was being good at school and you know trying to prove that I can be as good as anybody else. How did that translate to the day-to-day -day activity when you were just starting your career? I mean were you doing more than what other people were doing? Were you just kind of coming in at eight, leaving at five? Like how did that manifest itself? No, it's just basically working crazy hours. You know I'm not, I think I'm smart but I don't think I'm smarter than anybody else. Uh, it, it's just a matter of Hey, if I'm not the smartest guy in the room, I can certainly try to find to outwork somebody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you when you work a lot of hours, you learn a lot. You expose yourself to really great situations. Uh, with that said, I mean, is that really good for your mental health? And you yeah. know, something that now that I'm older, I've realized that, and you know, trying to make some intentional changes in my life that could benefit myself and my family and the people that work for me. But I, I didn't realize that when, when I was starting. I just want to be the fastest, the the best, yeah. and move as fast as I could. Yeah. The company yeah. I was working for. We're going to come back and touch on that mental health here um, towards the end because I think that's really important. Um, so you talked a little bit about wanting to be the best. Now, were you asked to work the hours or is it something that you just, it was who you were because you wanted to get ahead and you wanted to prove yourself? It, it almost was, sounds like you have kind of like a chip on your shoulder, which it can be a good thing when utilized correctly. Yeah, so like I went for a really good, I went uh, to my undergrad for a really good school in Mexico and I ended up getting a job that I didn't want to get. I was... You know, have, my mom was sick and, and I was not forced, but I decided to go back to my hometown and I started as an accounts payable cleric. When I've been, you know, the Monterey Tech is kind of like the MIT for Latin America. And when you start as an AP cleric is, you know, I felt that I, I could do something, something better than I just want to prove that uh, I was worth the opportunity. Yeah. You got an opportunity to come to the U.S. through Peterbilt. Um, tell us a little bit about that transition because that's the other thing, right? I mean, you're, you're coming into a new country, uh, for you and with an organization. So how did that transition work for you? So, you know, I always wanted to conquer the world and, and for me, conquering the world, it was not, you know, owning is, is, is more about working in international arena, different mm -hmm. countries. I'm, I'm passionate about cultures and, and, and countries. So it was like crazy because 
you know, our culture is different. I wouldn't say our culture is the Mexican, uh, Mexican culture from the U.S. Uh, not having a really good command of the language. I spoke English, but, you know, it was, it was not great. I, I, I even think that I have a lot of opportunity to improve it, but I'm not worried about that anymore. Uh, and it was just, it was just something super new that got me super excited. I was privileged to have a lot of great mentors that allow me to understand the culture of the company, the culture of the city, the culture of the United States, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think it is remarkable. So let's fast forward a little bit in your career. So you, you have moved into so many different roles at Peterbilt Motors. Um, and then you had an opportunity uh, to interview for a SaaS software company. Um, how did you get that opportunity? How, who gave you that shot? Because that's what we asked for. Like, just give me a shot. Like, put me in the game, coach. Give me one shot. And, and you got a shot. So tell us a little bit about that transition. So it, it required a little, little bit of a stubbornness because I was labeled as a manufacturing guy. And, you know, I, I have the, the solid belief that if you have a solid foundation, if you understand numbers, finance and accounting, I mean, we're not rocket scientists. You know, a lot of the, the, the knowledge from one industry, I think, translates to the other because it's just dealing with data. And if you're a little bit inquisitive and you're willing to fail, trying to learn new things, hey, you know, the world is your oyster. Mm -hmm. So it was me trying to get out of manufacturing. And, you know, when I got to Solera, there was some guy, uh, Oscar Castro, Renato Giger, and Tony, that gave me an opportunity to, to move to SaaS. And fast forward it, uh, SaaS is a lot easier than manufacturing. In manufacturing, in the company I used to work, you can deal with a bill of materials with 20,000 or 30,000 parts. And software is easy. There are nuances about how you measure the business, how you get models for productivity. But again, it's not rocket scientists. And, and this is beautiful. What do you think that they saw in you during that interview process that said, you know, this is our guy. We're moving forward with him. I think my desire to avoid failure and that I was willing to do whatever it takes to get it done. Mm -hmm. That's That's been my motto. I mean, my, might not be the greatest, but I just don't like to fail. Yeah. And I'll do whatever it takes. Now that I'm older, hopefully wiser, I understand that there's some times where I need to give up. Mm -hmm. Because of some of the times or experience in my career when I didn't give up, I was affecting my family for, for being that stubborn guy that wanted to get it done. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good lesson. I could, you know, I think we've all learned that as we've matured in our career where um, I don't know, you know, there, there are some areas where you give up on areas because it's just not moving your, you forward. You're not advancing your company and you're not advancing your team down the field. But there's also areas where it's good to fail and putting yourself into that situation because you can, if you learn to use those experiences to fail forward, as they say, um, and so I love the fact that they gave you that shot to get into this industry. When you got into SaaS, um, did you feel like, okay, now this is my shot. So 
I, I've got that. I still got that chip on my shoulder. Like I'm going to prove myself now that this was a good move on their end. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to prove it like first and foremost to myself. I wanted to prove myself that I can do it because I, I would keep hearing for a lot of, from a lot of people, companies, recruiters, like now you're a manufacturing guy. I, I was initially trying to get to healthcare or, or SaaS. Mm-hmm. That was what I trying to do. And I just keep getting rejected, rejected. And, you know, I kept trying and, and it happened. Yeah. And there was just a small window. Uh, they gave me the chance and here we are. Well, I hope I'm not one of those recruiters that told you that, you know, you're a manufacturing guy. I may have been. I you, may have, but you, we'll you, overlook you, that. No, no, no. But it, it, it was good. It was good feedback because I just wanted to prove people wrong. Yeah. It's another opportunity to have a ship on my shoulder yeah. and say, I told you so. I could do it. And yeah. here we are. I, lo- I love it how you've taken that and turned that into something that motivates you. That's something, that's a tool, that's a skill that all of us should have that we can take something and turn that into motivation for us. So um, very commendable by you. Okay, so we're going to move into kind of, um, you know, mindset because you talked, you've touched on that a couple of times here. Um, I'm going to lead into it by, you have a noble goal. Yeah. Tell us what your noble goal is. So my noble goal is to make a difference in someone else's life. Uh, I am here because there's a lot of great people along the way that help me you can get here. And now, it's, it's, I mean, not only now, I, my motto has been trying to give back as much as I can. Uh, what, how can I multiply it? Yeah. And, you know, at work, Again, the culture in the United States is different than the culture in my country in companies that you work for. Uh, but I've tried to use my work as an opportunity to add value to the company, but at the same time, trying to change lives or impact lives in a positive way. All right. So so let's pull on that a little bit here, okay? So... Um... Hearing you say, I worked a lot of hours early in your career, and then you said you advanced to, I've learned a lot from that, and, you know, I've learned to modify that a little bit, okay? And so you've obviously gone through this evolution in your life, um, and you've led teams for a long time. Do you feel like early on you were leading teams and really like, hey, guys, we got to be hard charging, we got to go, and, and, and do you feel like, man, I could have maybe burned people out? And now I'm at this point where I'm trying to find that balance of pushing my team, but not pushing them too far away. I mean, absolutely. Uh, And also it doesn't help when you work in cultures that, you know, hustlers. You have hustlers, you have people that have ships on their shoulders, that just wanna outwork everybody. And I mean, you, you can make a lot of progress for the company, but at the same time you end up burning out people and and you know now i know that at times i should have gone slower so i could have gone faster but i i think that at least i i acknowledge that so today my approach my approach is different i i'm still a hustler Mm -hmm. but mental health it's centered on what i do because i deal with people and i understand that people have lives uh whatever is happening in their personal life has a direct impact on the productivity at work. And sometimes you can avoid saying things in a certain way. Uh, you can promote, I don't know, health. Like in the finance team, you know, we, we have 
little challenges to improve our health, working out, meditating, taking breaks. That's something that earlier in my career, I, I didn't do it. And, and I was in places where the cultures were different and not conducive to a good mental health. So something interesting, when I was taught, when I was leading a team, you know, I walk into the bullpen or the organization and you just look at everybody's faces and you can kind of tell, like, take a quick assessment, like who looks like they're good, who looks like they're not good, you know, make sure to go over and, and touch each person on a daily basis in terms of making sure that they feel good about themselves. And so you take a quick assessment, but a lot of us have gone online or we are a hybrid model where you just don't see every single person every day or you're seeing them through a screen or it's just a phone call. And sometimes there's a day that goes by that you don't talk to them. How, how have you assessed your team without maybe their knowledge that you're assessing them to check on that mental health? What are some of the things that you've done practically? I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty direct. I am a strong believer in one-on-ones. So my one-on-ones uh, usually start with a check-in process. They're, it's not about work, it's about who we are, where we are as humans. And you know, that 20, 30, sometimes most of the one-on-one can be spent on checking in, allows me to understand where, where people's minds are and where people's lives are. And I mean, I don't try to hide it. I just, I tell my people, I, I love them, I care about them and I ask certain questions because I have an interest in, in their well-being, and I think I can be a catalyst for their mental health at work if I really know where they stand. Yeah, and that mental health at work bleeds over to home, just like home bleeds over to work. Because for me, is I'm I'm loyal to people. I care about people first, because you know jobs come and go. And, you know, I love to create connections and I think I'm pretty proud of staying in contact with a lot of people that have worked for me in the past. We go out, we have dinner and some drinks. Obviously, you don't like drinks, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we keep in touch I, uh, because I care about who they are and we follow and when they have kids, when their lives evolve. And, you know, that, that's work for me at the workplace. So let's get super practical for people listening to us, those future leaders and leaders who are currently doing one. So let's break down. Are you doing one-on-ones weekly? Every weekly. Other, so do, weekly one-on-ones? I do weekly. Okay. You know, and, weekly. And, you know, again, my, my process is checking in uh, ahead, of the, ahead of the schedule or the meeting. We, we put out the points that we want to discuss from both ends, uh, but I always start with checking in. Okay. And at the end of the meeting is just the tactical and high level strategy. And, you know, sometimes we need to revisit during the week because an hour might not be, might not be enough. But to me, the most important thing for my one-on-ones is checking in with my team and see what their mental health is. Love that. So is it 30 minutes? Is it an hour? It's usually an hour. It's an hour. It's okay. An hour. So 10 to 15 minutes personal, the rest business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like yesterday, I had a one-on-one a -on -one that is just an hour just talking about personal issues yeah. from, from my employee. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm being super intentional about breaking it down to the smallest level because what we're learning here is it's, it's just doing it first, you know? And then based on how that conversation goes, you can evaluate whether or not do we extend it further? Do we not? It's not like you have to have that. You just keep going. It's like, you know what? Right now, work isn't that important. 
we need to focus on you. Or if everything's fine and dandy, it's like, all right, let's get to business, you know, and you read it in the moment. And, and, and something that I try, not, not I try, I, I do is ask for feedback. I mean, does this work? Does this doesn't work? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to adjust based on feedback. But if people telling me that they're liking how to do it, I would like to believe that I'm doing it in a way that is impacting other, other people in a good way. Well, so let's talk about how it's impacted you because you've gone on this little bit of transformation. You're still a hustler. You're still a grinder. That's just who you are. That's never going to be taken away. But you've, you've found a little bit more balance is what you spoke of yesterday. And you even talked about how your wife and kids have noticed and given you feedback. So tell us about how, how this has just manifested itself in your life recently. Like, you know, for me, it's been really great. I, I love my CEO. I mean, I really love him. We are friends. Uh, we see the world sometimes in a different way. We're different in how we operate, but because we're so different, I think we're good working together. So I'm not afraid of, you know, telling about my shortcomings. There are sometimes days when I'm down. And, you know, in the past, I would try to hide it, like, oh, I don't want people to, um, to know that that I'm not having a good day. I just pretty transparent because I feel that if I provided the additional color, he might, or other people will ask for things in a different way that if mine, if they wouldn't have the information. Uh, also, I'm obviously I'm older, wiser, hopefully. And I used to care a lot what people thought about me in my early, early years. Right now I'm, not even close to perfect, but I love who I am. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I just love who I am. And there's a lot of things my wife will say that I need to improve, but I just love, I mean, I'm, 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 I like the version of myself that I'm seeing today. You know, I'm, I feel stronger. I feel wiser. I feel great because I also have a family that, you know, I love and supports me and has supported me on the bad days. Mm-hmm. And right now there's, they're seeing the benefits of me being in a place where I'm just loving it. You are the yin to your CEO's yang. You know, it's a good, it sounds like it's a really good combination. And so, and that bleeds over into home. And you know, the word I would say, as I listen to you talk, the word I would say is, it seems like you feel empowered to be more you than maybe you've ever been in your life. Absolutely. And, and one big difference for me, it's, this is the first time in my career where I, I have a, I had a hypothesis where I, I strongly believe that happy cows can make really great cheese. I've been in situations where, you know, they're, the culture is divorced from uh, results. And right now I'm having the opportunity to combine both and proving the theory that if we care about our employees, our culture, about their well-being, you see the results in the business. And again, I've only been there for eight, eight months, but, and I'm not saying that I'm the only person that's making changes, but at least I have a forum where my boss is allowing me to make those changes and you know, hearing the impact that we're making on people is great. Yeah, you know, it's, it's personal health um, helps with company health. 
And then if you can kind of spread that and you have to be very intentional nowadays in order to do that, because we are in whether you're, you have to be intentional, even if you're 100% in the office, your intentionality and the effort you put into it just increases when you do have people who re, who are remote um, or in a hybrid type situation, just because you don't have that. It's, it's like a proximity thing. You know, the closer I am to you, the more I can feel your energy the distance between us causes that energy to dissipate a little bit. And in order to increase that energy, I have to be even more, more intentional. intentional about, and, and I can feel that from the health of the company and what you guys are trying to build there. It's just like crazy. For example, it was last week, you know, from the employees from, we have something that we call culture committee where the employees propose uh, a mental health day because you know we're grinding we're doing a lot of things and we fell a little bit down so it came from the employees we talked to the ceo and the ceo says let's do it and in my life i in other places that i work i would have never thought about that <laughs> i would have even be embarrassed to bring that idea not because i don't believe it i just felt that i knew what the response was going to be yeah yeah, we need to work, people. We need to work. And, and you know, it's, it's just, I, I always wanted to find, like, the work-life balance. And I failed miserably. So it took me, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to be 48, almost 48 years, to realize now that I, I don't want to find a work-life balance. I'm trying to incorporate my work with my life. Because in the past, it was more about work. I had work in one side in, you know, my personal life. To my family, I told them that I care, I love you guys, but I was spending most of my time at work. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm being able to combine both. Um, getting some good feedback from my family is great. I'm the happiest I've been in a job. Uh, it doesn't feel like a job. I wake up every day like super pumped about working there. There are days where, you know, like any other play, there are days that are tough or weeks that are tough, but it, it never lessens my desire to make a change or make a positive impact in the company. Man, you said work-life balance and, and what you're saying, it's still a B, it's work-life blend, yes. you know, and that's what you're trying to do is just to blend the two. So you've, last time right here, you've got to tell me what's that noble goal again? To make a difference in someone else's life. Well, here's the thing, like in order to make the difference in someone else's life, you have to get your life on track, right? And go in full steam ahead. And it sounds to me, that's what you found. And I think every leader out there, if if we can be so intentional about making that difference in someone else's life, um, whether it's having those one-on-ones, those check-ins, and sometimes just scrapping the plan and just focusing on them because of what's happening outside of work for them, I think those are the things that we have to be very intentional about moving forward, especially in the environment that we're in. You know, we're coming out of a, a pandemic and then we talk about the labor market being short and then we talk about a potential recession and all these little things stress people out. Even though they may try to hide it from you, you can see through those things and it's investing in their lives because they're investing in your company. So Nacho, 
Man, thank you so much no, for the time for today. Yeah, I hope you had fun, and I hope our listeners learned a lot from him. He is fantastic, and uh, we wish him the best. And until next time, we'll see you down the road. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.